1: One game away, folks. One game away from wrapping it up. And the Chicago Bulls could go on to a likely matchup versus the Miami Heat. They're not done yet, but the Bulls knock off the Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk some baseball as well. Get off the sports page and uh, check into some other items. I'm still very, very upset with the 25-year breakup marriage of Maria Shriver and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not sure why that has affected me so much, but it apparently has Welcome to the two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com, coach of the big dog. At your service, of course, the award-winning TalkZone music. Enjoy for the next five and a half seconds. That new music, David, is that a new open for us? <laughs> oh, big dog, if you could have seen the reaction of David Olson, it was priceless. Uh How are you, Big Dog? First of all, a Big Bulls victory. I'm assuming you are still riding a high, hopefully not literally, but figuratively, riding a high from last night's big Chicago Bull win. How are you, buddy?
0: Uh, No, I will ride it literally later. I have it on tape. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited.
1: So you've obviously heard the score, but you have not seen the particulars.
0: No, I have not seen the particulars. I was last night on the Chicago River leading a group of... uh, (laughs) Up and down the river uh-huh. uh, I, uh, what a good job I have coach it's it, it's It's truly a, a really really good job and now, but you know i I didn't get done until like eight thirty. I watched a little bit of the game, you know, and then uh one of my buddies had, had having kind of like a going away party, mm-hmm. so I, I haven't got to watch the game
1: yet yeah let me just say that I know we got listeners you know from uh, seven different continents as well as parts of Mississippi and Louisiana as well, which we call the Eighth continent, but uh, I would defy any city, and I think you'll back me up, Big Doug. You're living it in actuality right now. I would defy any city anywhere to be more beautiful, more people watching, more beautiful buildings, just the whole luster of all the activity than the city of Chicago in the summertime. And yesterday was the first official day of summer, at least weather-wise. Just a beautiful, beautiful city. You were able to enjoy it right there on the Chicago River.
0: Uh, coach, and uh, what I do is on Tuesday I, I lead a workout crew. Yep. Like I like all these people pay to have me lead them uh, down the Chicago River. Uh, and, and yesterday, all I can say was I was extremely happy with the clientele.
1: <laughs> but you also, wow. and I think I know uh, where you're going with the happy, but you also informed us you were – Given rather strict instructions that you are not allowed to um, commiserate with the clientele.
0: Oh, and I, I wouldn't anyway. But I can definitely look at ah. the clientele. Okay. Full goal. Uh, what? What else can you see? Gape. That's another way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Rule over. Is that another way?
1: Uh, that, oh. that works. Okay. And you're getting paid for this.
0: I, I don't even know why I'm getting tips from these people. I'm like, I, I normally I'd be stuffing singles down your down uh-huh. your top. Okay, uh-huh. I And mean, you're giving me a twenty. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was I was pretty impressed, Coach.
1: That's outstanding.
0: Yeah, That's... Uh, a whole group from the Thailand consulate showed uh-huh. up yesterday. They didn't put I mean, any
1: bills down uh, other areas besides your hands, did they?
0: I, I guarantee you, if it wasn't for how nasty the Chicago River was, I probably would have got some singles. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's outstanding. That is outstanding. But uh, oh, yeah.
0: I, I, I have not watched the game yet, Coach. I I watched the game on my phone, possession by possession. So mm-hmm. I would see stuff like uh, Derek Rose or Carlos Boozer misses four foot jump shot. You know, I would see stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, Derek Rose drives to the hole and dunks over an entire team. It was saying stuff like that for me. Mm-hmm. Ruol Dang hits one in the face of uh josh smith i was getting i was getting like lines like that and i followed every single possession of the game i just didn't get to watch it which i can't wait to tonight
1: a lot of games i would tell you you know don't you know you already know the score or you don't bother watching so this one even though you know what happens worth watching was an outstanding nba playoff basketball game fans out there you want to check in we lead off the show with a little nba playoff talk our phone lines are always open our leader joel Redwanski and the coach with you, uh, at your service, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. Again, 888 888-463-674. Big dog, you will enjoy this game from start to finish. The bull, basically the bulls start off real well. Looks like, oh, here we go again. Atlanta's going to fold after, you know, one good game. They can't do it, but then Atlanta shows a little gumption, shows a little, um, a little hard, if you will, and they start passing the ball, playing as a team in late first quarter, second quarter and third quarter Atlanta. Starts creeping up, and they finally catch the Chicago Bulls. It was a good comeback. Good effort by Atlanta, but you got a close in the NBA, as you well know. A good fourth-quarter performance. We went Bobby Junk's-like in the fourth quarter. Nice close by the Bulls.
0: Oh, very good. And uh, and I was, that's exactly what I was hoping for was a 10-point victory by the Bulls, something where they played well for four quarters. And this is what it sounds like happened, Coach. So I, I am really, really am interested to see uh, these guys running up and down the court.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and it's interesting, too, Atlanta's downfall. And, you know, I've been professing to all these teams. I know we have a lot of listeners connected with the team, probably a couple of Bulls players listening to the show, and I keep telling them, pass the ball. Play as a team. That's when you are best. The Atlanta Hawks came back. And, by the way, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, he is outstanding as an analyst. Doesn't scream, doesn't shout, but, boy, the stuff he says, big dog. It's like, and I consider it, there's not many things I'm knowledgeable about, but I I, I think I know the game of basketball pretty good. And Steve Kerr, like, he goes inside my brain and basically speaks on national TV what I'm thinking amazing amount of the time. Doesn't make him a great announcer, but I think he's got some really good insight. Anyhow, and his point was, you know, that's how the Hawks came back. Beautiful passing playing his team. Then in the fourth quarter, what do they say, your true colors come through? Four, okay, yes. four or five straight possessions. Big day. You watch it on tape tonight to start of the fourth quarter. Isolation, one on one, and they they even made one or two of them. But you know what? It it killed their momentum. It slowed the team. They were never the same team after that.
0: Hey, you ever see like uh, the guy at the bar who's all by himself? You know, and he's pounding all kinds of alcohol. Maybe a decent-looking dude. Look at that loser, all by himself, isolated. Yep. At the end of the bar. Not buying other people drinks. No one's buying him drinks. Not part of the party. Oh, yeah, he got real drunk. But, that, I mean, that's that's if you're isolated on the basketball court, mm-hmm. you're messing up, okay? Pass it around. Be part of the party.
1: Mm-hmm. Great analogy. Great analogy. I like that. I like that. And you might even have some occasional good times.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, who's more but, likely to, to meet a nice girl and go home with one? If, you, if you're with a big group of people... Messing around, having mm-hmm. a good time, or if you just sitting stalking at the other end of the bar, making yep. sure you get yours. Oh, I got mine. I got mine. Yeah, you got yours, but nobody else is getting any.
1: I like that analogy. I, I feel like singing a country song, the power forwards all get better looking at closing time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're going to go, you might as well go with a power forward. I don't know. If, if I were <laughs> going to swing North the North. other way,
1: what position? I, well, I, I do have a new male crush, by the way.
0: Uh Uh-oh. I do have
1: another man crush.
0: Please please do not tell me it's an Atlanta Hawk or a St. Louis Cardinal or somebody else that a Chicago team is playing.
1: (laughs) It's an Atlanta Hawk, and I think you can figure out uh, who it is.
0: It's Jeff Keegan, who, by the way, falls a little bit into that one-on-one isolation trap. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. You couldn't be more wrong.
0: Couldn't be more wrong. Well, I, I, anybody on that team, trust me, he's not Jamal Crawford or Josh Smith. He isn't the ball stopper. Okay. Oh,
1: wait. I, I thought you said he he falls into that trap of being a one-on-one guy.
0: No, he he'll do it every once in a while, Coach. But I think oh. it's
1: more with the other people on the court. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I, I misinterpreted. That. Yeah, Jeff Teague has a great understanding. I, you know, and I'll say it and I'll say it again. Even after Derrick Rose played a pretty good game last night, although in the second and third quarter, is frustrating the hell out of me. Derrick Rose. I know people will be shocked to hear this here. Derek Rose needs to watch tape of Jeff Teague on how to better fully enhance and fully adopt the role of what a point guard should be. Yes. Repeat, Derek Rose needs to I'm not saying Teague is better than Rose, but Rose needs to watch the way Jeff Teague plays point guard. He will pick his pick his spots, pick eight of eleven last night. The guy's unbelievable. Hardly missed a shot. But he doesn't overshoot. A lot of times, early in the possession, he'll give the ball up and let his teammates create some stuff. But he's still, he still—he was their leading scorer, twenty-one points. He's my new man crush. Uh, if I go the other way, I'm going with Jeff Teague.
0: So you're going to go with a point guard coach, huh?
1: Well, you know, you got to experiment once in a while.
0: Well, if you're going to experiment, you know, at least you're not going with a shoot-first point guard. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, if you're going to go that way, you might as you no. might as well get some satisfaction out
1: of it. Definitely don't want to experiment with a shoot-first point guard. Thank you very no. much. Yeah, no. but no. All kidding aside, here he you
0: dabble.
1: You watch it tonight. He played another outstanding game. The guy has been simply amazing, Jeff Teague. But uh, people... you know,
0: it's one of those things. And honestly, Coach, you know, I, I was thinking about this yesterday because we talked about you know we brought up the Dirk Nowitzki thing about how how could somebody with this much talent sit on a bench yep. all year long? Um. I don't know if he really is this good, or the Derrick Rose matchup brought a guy who's a bench player in the NBA, uh, like uh, like a role. Is this the Larue Martin issue? Do you know what I mean? When he when he was awesome against Allen Iverson that won 10 years ago in two thousand and one. Wait,
1: Larue Martin.
0: Who am I thinking of? Like the the, LaRue, the, the kid that played uh, uh, on the on the Nets. And then the Lakers traded for him because he could guard uh, Allen Iverson. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But that's all he was good at. That was the only thing okay. in the NBA he could do was guard Allen Iverson. <laughs> well, Jeff Teague was, was Derek Rose's uh, rival in AAU basketball.
1: I did not know that.
0: I, did, I, well, I, I just found this stuff out. Those guys hated each other, and they were gigantic rivals all the way through high school. And uh, when Jeff Teague was at Wake Forest and Rose went to Memphis, they are exactly the same age. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying Jesse is not a, a great basketball player or can't be a starter and a very good player in the NBA, but I'm going to have to see him do it against somebody other than the Bulls because okay. right now he's playing with pure emotion on the fact that this is his high school rival. Okay. Mm-hmm. It would be like right now if you put Kevin Zhang in front of me, I'm putting him on his back.
1: <laughs> okay. Not sure who Kevin Dang is, and I'm not sure he'd appreciate to hear that, but I get the point
0: he's not he's not, Kevin Zhang is okay. not related to Lou Dang, okay mm-hmm. or Lou all mm-hmm. just I throw it out there
1: okay all right. point point will take i i personally i've seen enough to say that he can be a legitimate starting point guard, but uh Look, You're right. Maybe, maybe certain matchups bring the best out of other people. No trying
0: to, I'm trying to think of the name of the kid that played on the the net and the, 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 I think Lou, it's not Larue Martin, coach, because Larue Martin I thought was like a player in the '70s that was. Well, easy.
2: no,
1: Larue Martin. Larue Martin was uh, for the Loyola Ramblers. Will go down as unless okay. I'm getting the name wrong, the worst overall number one pick in the history of the NBA came out of Loyola, first overall pick, and never played a okay. game in the NBA. Complete bust. Okay.
0: Okay, you're right. That I knew. I knew that you're exactly right. I'm trying to. His name is like it's Larue, and I can't think of it. Mm-hmm. But like, legitimately, he was a star in the NBA Finals because he was the first guy that could stand in front of Allen Iverson and not fall down when he did the crossover. Mm-hmm. You know, remember when, was, when that three or four year span where Allen Iverson was the epitome of everything we hated about freaking sports practice? Yeah, I don't need to pass. Yeah, I shoot. Yeah, I shot 38% from the field. I had a great game. No, you did it. Okay. So, uh, uh he was like the guy that I, I'll think of his name before the end of the show. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Again, NBA fans, you want to check in. Big Bulls victory. Talk about some of the other matchups as well. Triple eight, four, six, three, six, seven, four, eight. Uh, you'll be very proud of head coach uh, Tom Thibodeau, big dog, because in the fourth quarter, First of all, he played his bench a little hesitantly in the first half, but in the second half he brought him in and Omar Ashik,
0: Taj Gibson, and Ronnie Brewer, uh the clicked. Oh, you know, I and, cannot wait to watch the game, Coach. Every time I'm like, Ronnie Brewer steal an open court dunk. I mean, I was like, What what is Ronnie Brewer doing? He had an awesome fourth quarter. I can't wait to watch this. But here here here's
1: where Thibodeau and Thibodeau needs to get off the referees and calm down a little bit, but he, he grew up before before our eyes. Or before my eyes, but that's probably the only one to recognize. He matured as an NBA coach. Uh, those three guys off the bench doing a nice job. Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I'm talking to, uh, David, who I'm watching the game with my son, Dave West. Pro- they're probably going to bring, you know, Noah and Boozer and uh, Bogans back in. Uh, no. Seven minutes. And the team's doing great in the fourth quarter. No. Nope. Six minutes. Five minutes. Four minutes. Three minutes left. Ashik, Brewer, and Taj Gibson playing the entire Fourth quarter, Thibodeau had faith in his subs. They were doing good. He stuck with Boozer, and Noah never got off the bench in the fourth quarter, Doug.
0: There, and, and you know what? I, I wish Noah would have scored. The, I didn't know what was going on, but I'm sitting here looking at my phone, and I'm like, Noah has two shot attempts and no points.
1: Played a good game?
0: Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't. You know, it's, it's hard. You know, So me holding the phone, not knowing what's going on, yep. I'm assuming if the Bulls are winning, Noah can't be playing that poorly because yep. he's such an important uh, defensive mm-hmm. uh Stand out in the middle and and just overall team player that I I, I figured they were doing yep. doing all right and it was every year right coach every time I was looking down to Taj Gibson twenty two foot jump shot yep. like, what the
1: heck oh, yeah. Gibson's hitting jump shots now <laughs> Taj was going nuts in the fourth quarter and uh, don't underestimate the watch Omar Ashik, who you know we kidded about him early in the year all the, you know the Turkish jokes and seven foot stuff and we certainly had our share of European seven foot white stiff's for the Chicago no, no, no. Bulls I, I was
0: making fun of him but
1: we were rooted for him. Not so much you, not so much you. You know, we were kidding a little bit early, and then I started to tell people that hey, after watching this kid can play, the Turkish delight is all right. He's got some athletic. He's an outstanding understander of deep, which is rare for European play. But he understands help defense, uh-huh. when to get over. He's quick on his help and recovers. Good rebounder, active kid. He can play. Played 19 minutes last night, which is probably one of his highest, even in the regular season game. So he was.
0: Just- and that's about as much as you want to see him.
1: Well, yeah, 19 minutes, exactly.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you,
1: you take it. And I'm a big C.J. Wright fan. C.J. Watson. C.J. Watson, our backup point guard. But there are guys that if they play too much, they hit their point of, you know, the Peter principle. They, they get promoted to their point of incompetence. Uh, I'd like to see C.J. Watson play more, but he's not a full-time NBA starter.
0: And I would, you know why? Because he's one of those point guards you hate. He's a little bit of a, of a shoot-first point guard. Yep. So. I mean, he, as much as both of us like to see him play, he does yeah. kind of chat my ass every yeah. once in a while. What I like is, you know, Derek
1: Rose comes out. Teams think, go good, Rose is out. They can relax a little bit, but no, C.J. Watson, he's not as good as Rose, but he comes right after you looking to yeah. score, and often he does.
0: Yes, and uh, right now there. They are a really well-rounded, balanced team with a lot of – I mean, they have three players that make up one awesome off-guard in Keith Boy- Boygens, Kyle Corporate, and oh. and uh, Kyle Corbett and, and Ronnie Brewer. You
1: should have seen Bogans last night, big dog.
0: He had 11 points 11 last points, night. great defense, hitting shots. So he, he was like Ron Harper yesterday. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what – I mean, like right now he's – Ron Harper with no offense. Well, if you know he can score ten points a game, he's Ron Harper in the late nineties for the Bulls, and that's about as perfect of a of a guy that you can have on a championship mm-hmm. team. Oh. You know, a guy that just will shut up, play awesome defense, doesn't doesn't have any points he scores, and at the end of the game. He did every single possible thing he possibly could to, for your team to win the game.
1: Great team effort. Great team effort. It was not just Derrick Rose. That's the key for the Chicago Bulls. Luol Deng, outstanding game. He kicked off, I think, scored the first eight points. Big Dog played well throughout. Great defense on uh, Joe Johnson. Scored some big points in the fourth quarter as well. Luol Dang contributed. Uh, it, it was everybody. Even Carlos Boozer had his moments as well.
0: Uh, yeah, Carlos Boozer, 4'11 from the field. but. 11 rebounds, Coach.
1: He probably had the biggest play of the game. What and it was, was something we've been looking you know, Atlanta was making their run. I think uh might have even got the lead. Bulls missed a shot. And Boozer, we haven't seen this nearly enough, fought his way through traffic, ripped down the rebound in traffic. Big Dog shot faked, went up with it, made the basket. I thought... Might have been late third quarter, but I thought it was, the at that point, the biggest basket of the game. So not a great game for Boozer, but he did contribute.
0: You know, I don't want to uh, jump on the ripping Carlos Boozer bandwagon, but it does seem like he gets a lot of easy rebounds. Where I swear to you, everybody else is boxed out, and then the ball comes to him. And yep. like, oh, I could have got that rebound. And, but, so it's nice to hear that he fought for a rebound in traffic. You know, so it's it's always like... Two guys have bodies on people like Dang and, and Noah are knocking people over. And then Carlos Boozer just throws it in and the ball lands in his hand.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. No
1: question about it. So, uh, big win for the Chicago Bulls. Big dog and a coach at your service here. Got a couple of big games tonight, dog. I don't know if you'll be on the Chicago River once again, but if you are not, make sure you check out Boston and Miami game. What do we got? Game five in uh, Oklahoma City, Memphis, which is must see TV at about eight thirty tonight.
0: Oh, without question, I'm watching both of those games tonight, Coach. Okay. I, I am going to have a nice sit on the couch and do nothing. My wow. body is so sore right now, I can't even explain it. I'm not really ready to be paddling in that kayak for 10 miles a day just yet.
1: So the females out there that uh, might want to come out to the Chicago River and watch the big dog in kayak, tonight you will be off-duty.
0: Uh, I will be off-duty, and... uh any females that want to come watch me kayak, uh, feel free and sit next to my girlfriend the whole entire time.
1: What? I thought that relationship was over.
0: She well, coach. I can be very charming.
1: <laughs> I think your phone cut off at a critical time, but I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see things have been patched. So she actually is in the kayak with you as you're leading tours.
0: No, she stands on the shore oh. and she just wags the finger at every girl that <laughs> talks to me. And they know well I uh, Don't mess with this girl. Do nope. not think she's like the sweetest girl ever, dude. When I'm not you, coach, she wouldn't beat you in a fight. She would whoop you. No. Nah,
1: I could take her, but that's okay.
2: She would okay you' 180 pounds. What are you
1: talking about? I know judo, karate, and seven other oriental words. I can handle you, myself you just You know fun. the
0: word. I mean, this girl actually knows actually how to do the hand-to-hand combat, okay?
1: okay? Well, I'd like to give it a shot, but uh, I'll take your word for it, okay? <laughs> now, let me ask you this. I'm a little worried. Kayaking, tremendous, uh, you know, canoeing, kayak, tremendous upper body workout. So you will be fully toned. I'm sure the muscles are sore, but I'm a little worried a little worried about your award-winning calves because that's a lot of sit-down time where you're working your upper body, your your lower body could get soft paid up.
0: Well, I'm not really worried about my lower body getting soft, Coach, because they have pills for that. <laughs> but uh, I, I, trust me, with as much biking as I do, my lower body is going to be just
2: fine. Uh,
0: okay. And, I, you know, I don't exercise on my calves. Okay. Because like, a doctor told me once that I, I would have to eat – at least 5,000 calories more a day if I started exercising on my calves because it would blow up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I've okay. decided to not do that. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Oh, biking and canoeing or kayaking, I would think, uh, you boy, you combine those two, you're, you're all set. You basically have got all your uh, musculatures involved. You'll be in fine fitness shape. I forgot about the bicycling.
0: Yeah, so the the biking, the kayaking yeah. – uh, the, the running from yeah. my girlfriend. There's a lot of really good stuff that's going to get me in good shape this year. Oh, okay.
1: The running from your girlfriend or at your girlfriend will get that works the cardiovascular. So you're in great
0: shape overall. I I, I got to be honest with you, coach. I'm preparing my all my boys are, are leaving for Hawaii soon, so I'm going to have the house to myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is usually the it's the nice. it's the ten days of heaven. Okay. It's coming up pretty soon, Coach, right. so uh, I, I'm preparing myself. You have no idea. I'm doing all my stretches, getting my yoga. I need a really strong back for 10 days. All right,
1: well, if you want to take one of the 10 days off, I'll come over and at least spend uh, one out of the 10 days in heaven with you and your and your uh, your beloved one.
0: That sounds like a really good idea, Coach. Come Actually, on out.
1: probably not. All right, 888-463-6748. Uh, let me ask you. Right up front, Big Dodgers and Miami Heat, ramp it up, take on the Chicago Bulls, hopefully down the stretch, Bulls, series not over. Or uh, do you think the Boston Celtics hang on for one more?
0: Um, it's going six, Coach.
1: So you think Boston's going to win at Miami?
0: Yes, I, I do think Boston does get a victory out I, it, in the series. I, I think they make it a series. Mm-hmm. They kind of did when they made it 2-1, but then, hey, let's face it, the people... The question over Miami was whether or not they could win close games. They've won two of them in this series so yep. far. They got over that hurdle. Okay, well, yeah, well, I don't know if they got over the hurdle yet. Well, I guess they would if you're talking about the Boston Celtics coach. I guess that, that is a major hurdle. So, yeah, you can say they, they got over it with two games. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know if they're 100% confident yet. Mm-hmm. I, would you think that, oh, yeah, we're fine. We've, we've solved the end of the game issues? Uh, uh, do you think that's how they're they're thinking? Yeah, that I do. They're over that? Yeah,
1: or... I, I, uh, completely no. But I think uh, for the most part, yes, I do. I think they okay. got they got over that psychological hurdle, and I think they're they're going to be tough to beat right now.
0: Oh no, I totally agree. When the uh, if the Bulls can finish off the, the Hawks now, let's do this in six and not seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the Bulls matchup against the, the Heat. I really do love the matchup because. The Bulls' strengths: point guard, center, their bench are Miami's
2: weaknesses.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't want to look ahead just yet because, let's face it, the Boston Celtics are a team that could win three in a row against the great team in the Miami Heat. That is, it's not over by any means. And I really do think it's over for the Bulls because I can't imagine Atlanta because that's the whole thing. Atlanta had to win at least two consecutive games in the series in order to beat the Bulls. Well, they're still in that situation. They have to win two games in a row to beat the Bulls. Can it can it be done? Yes. Is it going to happen? I would be shocked because even if they lose Game Six, that is the Chicago Bulls. I really think uh, they would get it done in seven, Coach. But I got I'm going to I'm going to tell you this straight up right now. A lot of these playoff games, the Bulls stadium during the regular season has been phenomenal. People going crazy, showing a lot of effort and and really backing the Bulls. Last night I get another text message, the crowd is dead again. Uh, Did you get that feeling, Coach? Yeah, uh,
1: not so much dead.
0: I think the crowd was nervous. Well, don't be nervous. This isn't the Cubs in 08 people. Go out there and have a good time. Let loose. Have fun. You just paid 400 bucks for a ticket. Mm Mm-hmm. Go out there and have a good time. I don't think people sitting there, man, I paid 400 bucks for this. They're going to lose. Go to yeah. Is that what it I is? I think that what that's, is that's,
1: why? That's, that's what It wasn't it was lack of enthusiasm because the game was a great game. Great game, and they were into it. I think it was uh, as Atlanta withstood the initial surge by the Bulls and kept the game within 9-7-5, 9-7-5, then 5-3-2, and finally took over the lead. I think it was uh, it was nerves. No. The fans, uh-huh. players get nervous. I think the fans got nervous as well.
0: I'm not ripping anybody with money because I respect all you people out there. And base and and if anybody with money, I do respect you. If you have any to to throw at me, I'm a production of a television you'll, show.
1: You'll respect him. Up. You'll respect him even more.
0: Yeah, but come on, you fancy pants! Get out there and have a good time. You know is <laughs> isn't it? Kind of crazy that when it comes to Chicago and all of a sudden the, when the playoffs come, the people with the big money that go to these games sit on their freaking hands mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, we, we I mean, saw that. Playing, we, I'm, I'm even throwing the Blackhawks in this, and the Bulls, the Bears. The saw
1: Cubs. the same thing with the Cubs and the Sox.
0: Without a doubt, it's like, oh, yes. okay, so, oh, these tickets are real expensive. Well, somebody can come in there and bully their way in, and mm-hmm. then they sit on their sit on their hands and bitch about, oh, this team sucks. Yep. I can't believe they're having a tough time with the Hawks. Who are the Hawks? Are that, you, that's
1: yeah, you been know, a complaint.
0: The they're a really good NBA basketball team. That's who the Hawks are.
1: That's, that's not just Chicago. That's been a complaint uh, heard. In many, many cities over many, and many times, many years. But, uh, yeah, you know, your regular season fans who can barely get through paying the regular tickets. They're the loyal fans, the loud fans, the raucous fans. Get the crowd coming. And then your team finally makes the playoffs. And, again, not just Chicago and not just basketball. It applies to other cities, other sports. The ticket prices go up. And all of a sudden you got these johnny completely hottie hotty totty fans who show up who aren't the real fans. And they're the ones at the playoff games, the most important games. That. Is just not right.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I'm sitting there. Yesterday, I'm getting a small sample size, so I, I get done with work and I, I run to Union Station and I watch ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I basically watched the last three minutes of the second quarter yesterday, Coach. Yeah. And some some dude in the bar, you know, trying to act like he's the biggest and richest dude in the world. Yeah, I can go to any game I want to, you know. And then all he did was bitch about the Bulls the whole entire time I was there. I was like, <laughs> Are you a Bulls fan? So I, I asked, Are you a Bulls fan? Oh yeah, did you hear me? I'm gonna go to any game I want to go to. And like, then why are you bitching constantly about the team? And I'm not kidding you. The bartender made me a martini, handed it to me. She said, "That one's on me, sweetie." Walked away. <laughs> like, everybody, like shut up. And I'm like, "Yeah, hey, yeah. Why are you bitching if you're such a bull fan?" Everything that all he did was complain about the Bulls. while I, I love it. Ten, it.
1: ten minutes at the Union Station bar waiting for the train, and Big Dog gets in a controversy within that first ten minutes. <laughs> Were you passing out some of the two
0: guys in a mic card? Are you spreading the truth a little bit while you're? Coach, I've been passing gas like you do not believe. People are going to legitimately. We have everybody at the Thai Council is going to start listening. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that's just they the have list. no idea what we're talking about. Uh-huh. They, they do want more Muay Thai talk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: More Muay Thai is what I was told. Well,
1: as you know, uh, our show for people that uh, have English as a second or third language, it's not bad. Apparently, we apparently we come across very well. The problem is, Big though the people that actually have English as a first language don't seem to listen to our show. That's a, that's our initial problem.
0: That is a serious issue.
1: Yes, it is. But uh, you know, I always look. I'm a glass half full guy. I appreciate the fact that the people that barely understand English do like our show. I'll take that as a compliment.
0: Uh, well, we got to look at the small positives, Coach. Small positives. Yes, we do. Uh,
1: all right. So you got the. Uh, you think Boston's is going to pull off the uh, win against Miami? Very.
0: Folks I know everybody's just it, it's funny you get these things, and people are become so low well it's obvious Miami's better in Boston. People forget how good Boston can be. Yep. I know this is in Miami, but you talk about people sitting on their hands when I was compl- I was complaining about the bulls crowd because of one thing I'm a diehard Bulls fan, and I love that team, and I want to see energy from the fans when the, when i when I watch the game mm-hmm. but if you really like you said, it happens everywhere Miami heat fans are freaking horrible. It's like if Boston scores a basket, they all sit down and like, oh, we suck. I can't believe they were not as good as we thought we were when when they guaranteed a championship win in July. It's just, it, Miami. They might be the more. They're more front running than the Minnesota Viking fans, which everybody knows. Minnesota fans probably the worst in the world. If your team is behind, they boo you. Philadelphia, they boo you from bad performance, but they're really behind you. Minnesota is like they're afraid to root for you unless you're good. That's like how Miami is. You watch the coach, it's unbelievable. The first minute of the game, the crowd – is going crazy. They have the lights and the, the smoke is blowing around. They do the intro to the game and everybody's fired up. And as soon as the ball is tipped, they all sit down on their hands and they drool on themselves mm-hmm. for 48 minutes as, <laughs> as as Miami sits there and has, you know isolates LeBron James on the corner. I mean, it's it's right. so uh, you're exactly right when we talk about. It's not only Chicago; it's everywhere. The NBA. So yeah. uh, Boston will take the crowd out of the game within five minutes. which seven minutes ago in the first quarter, you'll look up and be like, "Wow, there's." All you'll hear is uh the the fake noise in the back, you know, like the you know you know how like in the NBA when, when you can really hear the arena sound effect, mm-hmm. you know the the crowd's dead.
1: Yeah. You got me fired up. You you got me fired up for game six already. I like your comments on the Miami fans. I thought you took a cheap shot at our fine listeners up in the Minnesota area, the Minnesota Viking fans, I'm sure.
0: I took a shot at Philadelphia fans too in there, don't forget. Uh
1: I, I, I'm not even sure I heard the Philadelphia shot, but I was so shocked about our Minnesota Vikings fan. Any of our listeners out in the Minnesota area want to fire back at the Big Doe? Feel free to do so. Triple eight four six three six seven four. at David Olson. Any calls from Minnesota Viking fan? Put them to the front of the list. Okay. Tell Ryan Theriot the Cardinals shortstop he can wait. Tell Tony LaRusso, who's up at the Mayo Clinic. Coincidentally enough, up in Minnesota getting. No, he's
0: at the one in Arizona. Right? Ah,
1: he's being treated for what? Shingles, right?
0: I, I thought he was dwarfism or something like that. He's shrinking.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's it's something to do with the eye. A, a bad case of pink eye, but uh, oh, we wish Tony the oh, best.
0: Bu- talk about the eye. I got a great story for you. Okay. I go, I go to the eye doctor yesterday, okay? And they, they tell me, and like, uh, well, basically, I have, I have no eye insurance whatsoever. They put me in this room, and they're like, we're going to either take a picture of your eye for 30 bucks or we can dilate you for free. And I'm like, 30 bucks. I'm like, right now, 30 bucks is, that's a lot of money to me. So I'm like, oh, dilate the eyes. How long will it take? They're like three hours. I really didn't do the math in my head, Coach.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Next thing I know, I'm riding on a bicycle about an hour and a half later to get to the train to go downtown, and I have dilated eyes.
1: That's not good.
0: Anybody knows what happens when they dilate your eyes?
1: Yeah, I've driven home with dilated eyes. It's a little dangerous.
0: It's a little bit different when you're on a bicycle, Coach.
1: Yes. Your margin of error is uh, not quite as good.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, when you're in a car and you hit something, somebody else gets hurt. When you're on a bike and you hit something, you get hurt. Yeah. Coach, I, I, like I almost threw up because it was like uh, just the shaking and right around uh, that was one of the biggest mistakes I ever uh-huh. made in my life. But good to know my eyes are in good shape, even though I can't really. Beautiful.
1: See I'm proud of you for following up, doing a, a little doctor's appointment. Nicely done, taking care of your physical health. Very, very good. More importantly, have they changed the eye chart, which I swear it has been the same for like 30 years? Is it still APSO on front on the top line,
0: Coach? Not only have they changed wow. the order of, you know, I, I always have a joke. They're like, what's, what's the bottom line that you could read? And I was made in Japan. And they all laughed. <laughs> I got to remember like, that. So they oh, like uh, all, <laughs> you got good eyes. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I like that. So uh, yesterday, when I go in there, they no longer had the chart, like, on the wall. It yeah. was a mirror. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Next thing I know, they blow it light up on the mirror. And the words come up. And wow. They're, Finally. They're like, wow.
1: Finally going high tech. I mean, I was uh, it's been a little over a year, so I'm due for an eye appointment, too. But uh, I swear to you, my, you know, I've had glasses since second grade, so I've been going to eye doctors early and often over the years. And I swear to you, I've gone to three or four different doctors. Same damn eye chart. A-P-S-O-E. And then there's F-O-L-P something, or a T, I think it is. I mean, come on.
0: Come on. I was just a little But I have to admit, I was a little disturbed. But at least the ones that I could read. Is it like, Can you read those those letters? So, yeah, it's P L O.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Could you read the next line? A L Q U E D A. We Can you read the next one? H A M A S. What the heck is going on over here? I, I brought it up to the, to the eye doctor. And the eye doctor's like, You're reading too much into this. I'm like, everything up there has something to do with Islamic fundamentalism. You could... I mean, like, legitimate. I was a little freaked out, Coach. Oh, man. But especially when Al-Qaeda came up. Thirty oh. bucks
1: later, you walk out of the place with a dilated eye and your hand is shaking. That's not good.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I got a bomb tied to my <laughs> Did you Did you get frisked before you came in? Yeah, and I actually got back in line for that. They were like, we've already checked you. And I'm like, I, I think you missed an orifice. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> By the way, speaking of that, St. Viator High School in beautiful Arlington Heights Illinois, it's uh, the time of year Big deal going for the senior prank. I know you were probably one of the leaders at Downers Grove North High School with the senior prank. But uh, St. Viator is getting a little national recognition. Apparently some dude, probably not the whole senior class, but some dude got a hold of official St. Viator uh, uh, presidential stationery and copied it and sent a note to all the parents that this year's senior prom, uh, all students will have body cavity searches. For security purposes.
0: <laughs> now, I did play some pretty good jokes, Coach, when yeah. I was when I was in high school. That's, that's along the lines of me because I stole many Donner's Grove North stationaries and typed up letters to people's parents all the time. That was like a, a signature for me because I actually got into Dean Rasmussen's office mm-hmm. and took a whole pile of Donner's Grove North letterhead. <laughs> So, Coach, I I, I have to admit that I did that numerous times, sent stuff directly to people's house. Uh They had, like, parent-teacher meetings, all kinds of stuff. (laughs) So that was was a signature for me. That Uh particular one. Now, the best, I know this really isn't like a senior joke, but the best thing that I ever saw, I wasn't involved in it, is for some reason they banned the Christmas tree at Downers Grove South. But not Donners Grove North. That doesn't no sense because they're both Community ninety nine High schools, So you would think it would be for both schools. You can't have a Christmas tree in either school for some. I have no idea why they let it at North. Maybe because it's a hundred years old, longer high school. But both schools were pretty much um, the exact cutout of the American population. You know, like fifty five percent white, twenty percent Hispanic, thirteen percent African American. You know, fifteen percent Asian. You know, it was it was just it was. Basically, if you go into Downers Grove North, you were basically looking at a microcosm of America. Mm-hmm. Where you really are, but one year they banned the Christmas tree at Downers Grove South, not at North. Basically, eighty percent of all the students at Downers Grove South, exactly at noon, sit up, walk out of school. All of them walk down Main Street in Downers Grove, go to Downers Grove North. Fifteen hundred kids walk into Downers Grove North. Grab our Christmas tree at the front of the school and walk it back to Donner's Grove South. They stole our Christmas tree. 1,500 kids. Now, was this, it was this one of the most amazing things I had ever seen. To this day, I'm I, I'm still jealous that I was not a part of that group. <laughs> just how, how uniformly they walked in. They were thanking us. It was like we, it, we got jacked at a smile. So was, this was, was, was not was just so a happy.
1: senior prank. This was an all-school prank.
0: But it was led by the seniors, okay. a doubt. and it was cold out. So all these people get up in the middle of class, they walk to their lockers, get. To, I mean, this this was like December fifteenth when this happened, Coach. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, was, that, that goes beyond senior prank. That's making a statement. Yes, I And
0: liked And, it. and you know what I liked? I was out there, and you can tell it wasn't all Christians that were doing this. Uh huh. You know what? I, you can tell there were people Absolutely. that were not Christian. Yeah, that there's was just there's
1: like, a hey, pr- a principal involved. It's a good, a very good teaching moment. Hopefully, the administrators of the school realize that. And, uh, the punishment was not too much, but I liked that. That's, that's called, uh, what are they, Walden's Pond? That's called, what, what kind of dissent? Uh, silent, silent dissent?
0: Um,
1: civil disobedience? Uh,
0: civil disobedience. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And they, they didn't care if they got in trouble. And, uh, you know what the thing was? Is they took the Christmas tree out of both of our schools. Mm hmm they were like no we, we we're not we're not going to celebrate one religion over another and i was you know like i was asked like, too bad see i would argue it really isn't about religion it's you know I,
1: I would argue that the christmas tree see if you're with me here and, and uh, talk a little bit of school pranks if we have any uh High school kids, or even, you know, look back in your high school days. If you had a clever, rather humorous senior prank, you want to relate to us, it's that time of year, folks. End of the year, senior ditch day, senior prank. Give us a call, 888-463-6748. We'll get to Oklahoma City and Memphis and baseball in just a second. But uh, Big Dog, I would argue in the Christmas tree, the Christmas tree
0: transcends religion. Yeah, well, I would hope so. And, Coach, a lot of people could say that just to throw people out there. I mean, you're a man who was raised Jewish, has married a Christian, and you really are. You're the one who's always sticking up for the the Muslims of the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm always the one that is trying to remind you we're at war with the radical Muslims. So, I mean, honestly, you being saying this actually means something to me, as opposed to somebody else being like, we should all be good to everybody and... And remember that there's many more religions. You actually saying it means something to me, Coach. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but I, I think the Christmas tree is. It, the Christmas is an American holiday, and uh, not to diminish the religious part of it, but I think it's it's become so big in this country that uh, it, it transcends the religious aspect. It's a United States holiday as
2: well. Yeah, so that's who who the way our family happier? always looked at it.
0: Who's happier uh, when Christmas comes around? Is it the actual Christians to celebrate? Uh, uh, christ and and his life or is it uh is it the jews who own all the the retail shops
1: neither it's the nine or ten year old kids who see all the presents at the christmas tree they're the happiest
0: oh and they have no idea what the heck's going on too is what you're saying exactly okay exactly Sorry, I threw
1: it out there. All right. That's outstanding. Again, you got a good senior prank you want to let us know about uh, back in the day. Your high school might have done it. Triple eight, four, six, three, six, seven, four, eight. Time is flying. Big dog. They only allow us one hour on the show. Got to get to some baseball, but real quick, game five tonight. They only had one day to recuperate from one of the better playoff games in recent memory. Triple OT. Oak City knocks off Memphis back to Oklahoma City on the river walk. They go. Game five, uh, you, you think Oak City's got the momentum now, or does Zach Randolph and the boys come back yet again?
0: Um, the, every other series, I really have a really good feel over, coach, and, and I think I could. Hey, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Even if I'm wrong, like I really think Boston is going to put up one hell of a fight against Miami tonight. When you're asking me about that series, not only are these teams new, and you really don't know what you're going to get out of them. I, this is just such a – I guess the best thing I can tell you, Coach, is don't be leading by more than ten points at five minutes to go to the game because you're going to lose. <laughs> I, 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 has this just been a remarkably great yeah. series so far?
1: Again, it ain't over till what's over. The fat lady definitely has not been singing in this series. Uh,
0: wow. What, I mean, if you have a lead late just... – put your head between your legs you're about to lose mm-hmm. and so is uh, this is about as good as it gets for nba yep. series and isn't it funny if somebody would have told you in november mm-hmm. hey the uh highlight series in the playoffs is going to be oklahoma city versus uh memphis you be mm-hmm. like get the heck out of here no way I and then you watch it forget about the names on the jersey just watch the basketball yep. that is some fun basketball to watch and memphis yep. plays right coach and, and and before anybody says they don't deserve to be here I'll keep reminding people this. I know they had the eighth seed. They have the best record in the NBA over the last forty-seven games of the season. Wow.
1: Didn't I know that? I did not know that.
0: They were thirty-four and Mm thirteen. And that was after the OJ Mayo Rudy Gay fight in the Mm plane. The common
1: the common thought process is would be that Oklahoma City, the slightly favored team, stole game four, an emotional overtime victory. They're back on track, and now, you know, Memphis gave it its best shot. But Oak City probably pulls away but I'm not sure sure I'm gonna go with the common thought processes I don't think Memphis is going away in fact if the life depended on it right now big dog, I might pick the Grizzly
0: coach you're exactly right I don't these are one of the, this is definitely one NBA series where you can't read anything into anybody mm-hmm. I think it's going seven games I know there's a big lead right now but I would not be surprised whatsoever this uh-huh. That ends up being the seven-game series. I
1: would root for it to happen just so that we can see three more great games. Quickly yeah. moving to the NHL, got to mention the Detroit Red Wings. How about that? Score three goals in the third period, similar to the Blackhawks against Vancouver Dog. They were down 3-0 to anti- Niemi and the San Jose Sharks, but uh, they have come back and won three straight. There's a Game 7 tomorrow. Very tough because you got the Bulls playing Game 6, but... uh Somehow we got to tune in, watch a little hockey tomorrow. Red Wings, seeing if they can come back and win four straight against our good friend, Ante Niemi.
0: Coach, uh, uh, I think Ante Niemi, Niemi is the most overrated player. Had a great,
1: great game last night.
0: Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, but I'm still going to root. I'm rooting for uh, San Jose. Okay. Uh, uh Oh, my goodness. This happens every 36 hours to me,
2: Coach.
0: <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's uh, every 36 hours I go to us, i got about a 100 more. To, not I don't a problem. know what that's wrong with
1: We don't have a cough button. We don't have a sneeze button, folks. If you're new to the show, it's part of our uh, us getting closer to you. You can reach out and touch us. All of our bodily functions can be heard over the radio. Translated, we're too cheap to have an actual machine. But uh, there it is, right there for you. A little sneezing attack by the big dog live on air. Very nicely done, Joel. I think it's a way of bringing the listener closer to you. (laughs) It was not a sound effect, folks. That was the real thing. All right, quickly over to baseball. Big dog, the Chicago Cubs just can't get off the schneid. We're waiting for that win streak. Hot streak, can't get it done. St. Louis, six. Cubs, four. Bad defense uh, did not help Carlos Zambrano. Tough tough loss for the Cubs.
0: Yeah, and then Kerry Wood was not dominant for the first time this yep. season. A lot of stuff that we've been able to rely on this year as cup fans, which hasn't been a lot, didn't come through yesterday. You know, there's a couple of things. Darwin Barney's defense, Kerry Wood coming in being locked down, Carlos Zambrano keeping your team in the ball game. You know, all that stuff we've been able to rely on in 2011. We couldn't yesterday. But it, it's baseball. There's 162 games, you, sometimes you just throw your shoulders up and you go back at it. It's the St. Louis Cardinals coach, so uh, they can still win this series. Mm-hmm.
1: See if they can come back. Albert Pools went uh, four for five. Well, Darwin Barney, the aforementioned one. He got three hits. Aramis Ramirez got three hits, so the Cubs showed a little bit of life there, but uh, you got to play some defense. Bad defense all around. I guess uh, I didn't see much of the game, but I guess Soriana had a rough day out in left field as well.
0: Well, that's going to happen every once in a while, Coach. Uh, he actually thought if you won the gold glove, you had to play with it a few years back. <laughs> he, did, he didn't realize that that's not true.
1: Uh, that's what happens when English is a second language, huh?
0: But, and it, English is his third language. He speaks Spanish, okay. Japanese, and then English. Really? He's brilliant. Alfonso Soriano might have the highest IQ mm-hmm. in all of baseball, mm-hmm. how could, But which, which makes me so upset because how could somebody that's supposedly so smart that can learn a language in six months and then... Doesn't have the ability to say, "Hey, let's let's not swing at balls that bounce in the dirt." Yep, consistently and is Ac- over my head.
1: Academic intelligence and athletic intelligence. I know from coaching now it clearly, well, if not clearly, at least a, a strong, partially two different things. There, there, there are some guys that academically struggle, and I'm talking about like high school kids who, boy, on the court or on the football field, on the hockey rink, whatever, it might be, boy, great sense. Great in that sense. There maybe the guys calling the plays and stuff, and those same guys uh, struggle in the classroom. So they are two different kind of mentalities.
0: This is true, coach. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And Alfonso, you know, we talk about bad attitude. Maybe doesn't hustle all the time. Very popular with his teammates. You know, apparently a nice guy, good attitude. Yes,
0: absolutely. They, They love him.
1: Yep. So he's not one of these, you know, droopy guys who brings the whole clubhouse down. Despite the fact that at times it's aggravating because he doesn't always hustle
0: when he should. Now, last year when we were filming the Black and Blue City, I would stand because I, you know, I would get there at like, uh, like we'd film those at like ten in the morning, and the Cubs would be taking batting practice. And I don't know if you believe this or not, Coach, but I can yell loud enough that if I stand on the rooftop and Wrigley Field is empty, every single player can hear every single word I'm saying. Mm Do you know what I'm getting at? Okay. Coach, I would everything that you can possibly think of that was wrong with the cubs last year i would let them know and they would film it everybody would Chet topic everybody would just crack up laughing as i would scream from the rooftop down at the cubs rudy Jaramillo basically got a tongue lashing every single tuesday morning from me for an entire baseball season <laughs> okay and i'm not kidding you i would go off on somebody nobody would everybody would chill out i went off on alfonso soriano one morning and i swear to you the whole cub dugout came out Leave Fonzie alone. They're screaming at me. I'm not kidding you. They love Alfonso Soriano. And I think all of them knew I was exactly right with what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what touched a nerve because, you know, like I was like making a joke. Oh, the ball's above my head. I'm Alfonso Soriano. I was acting like I was swinging at it.
1: How did uh, Alfonso himself react?
0: He didn't come out of the dugout, but Ryan Dempster, I think, wanted to fight me. Mm-hmm. He was like, shut the F up. I will kick your blank and blah, blah, blah. And this is after a couple weeks of me doing this. And finally, when I started going off on Alfonso Soriano, the whole dugout was like, "No, no, no! You're not going to talk about Fonzie like that." All of a sudden, they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, like I was, like Ryan Dempster got—he was—he walked all the way out to where the right fielder was and He's pointing at me. Who the hell are you?
1: <laughs> you know? well, it's nice to hear the Cubs uh, <laughs> almost in mass came out to defend their player against an unruly, obnoxious fan. It's a little discouraging to realize the unruly, obnoxious fan is our good co-host, the. Uh, Sports radio professional himself, Joel Redwanski. Uh,
0: coach, I, I, it's, it was it was a thing of beauty. That, like Everybody <laughs> up on the roof would be like on the ground laughing. The stuff uh. I'd be saying to these. And finally, eventually, I touched the wrong nerve, and it was their love of their teammate, Alfonso Soriano, mm-hmm. which at the time I was calling Alfonso Soriano. <laughs>
1: That's cruel. Yeah. I thought when so, you, when, you, when you yelled as loud as you could, hey, Alfonso, <laughs> show us your blank, I thought that was going one step too far.
0: Uh, but they, they used to love me because trust me, when the other teams would come in the town, they'd be doing their warm-ups, Oh my goodness, I would go off on the other teams. So mm-hmm. it was funny. The Cubs had a love hate relationship with me because when they be when I would be pounding the other pitchers, they would warm up in the bullpen. They would be laughing, like mm-hmm. they'd have the glove over their face, laughing. <laughs> and then, they, but they knew that they were next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
1: I went to oh, David also went to one Cubs game with uh, the big dog Joe Redwanski. And we sat in some section where we didn't know anybody. And I will say, after four beers and seven innings, Joel was like the ombudsman of Section 3, uh, like rows four, five, and uh, seven and eight.
0: Did you say four beers and seven innings? Yeah, that must have been right. a really slow day for me. I must have had no money.
1: <laughs> I was paying for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but well, I've seen you in action, so I know you're not exaggerating, at least not exaggerating too much. All right, quickly moving to the White Sox. Big news there, Jake Peavy. Back in action tonight. They take on the Anaheim Angels. Three-game streak. Big Dog came to an end yesterday. All good things must come to an end. I wish it would have been a little gooder. Um, <laughs> they lose 6-2 to two to Anaheim. Poor John Danks. 0-6 on the year.
0: Coach, he's the best 0-6 pitcher I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, what a backhanded compliment. Uh, I said it when he was 0-3. I'm going to keep on saying it when he's 0-10. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm yesterday...
0: He doesn't want to hear that. Not so, <laughs> so
1: good yesterday, but there's no question. He should have a better record than that. You just got to... Psychologically, you got to hang in. I know the teammates are all uh, pumping him up a little bit, but more importantly, the White Sox lost to Anaheim 6-2, to two, didn't get the job done. The Bats went silent once again, big dub.
0: Yeah, the, the White Sox' biggest issue this year is, uh, you know, they'll beat a team 8-0 in the game one of the series, and then they can't score the rest, and then they, they lose two out of three. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, And that's... Uh, the, the, they really are an inconsistent up and down offense. They're an all or nothing offense because there's so many bashers yeah. in there. They, the, they, the,
1: the problem they, they was prior to, prior to the last three games, Big Dog. They, they actually weren't inconsistent. They were consistent. Yes. That they didn't
0: With, hit. You yes. know, when you're talking basketball, when you have a problem, we can say move the basketball. You know, we can. What are you going to, do? What are you going to tell the, the White Sox? Shoot behind more runners. Be more aggressive going first to third. Mm -hmm. You can't ask this because they can't do that. So that you're stuck with you're stuck with a team that if you're if you're losing six to nothing, yeah, you can come back and hit a couple three run home runs and be back in the game. But you can't trust this team if it's if you're down three to two, you're still looking for a three run home run. You can't figure out a way to just push a run over. So. I don't even think that you can't even start playing Aussie ball. You can't even try that. With this particular team, you just basically got to be like, all right, hopefully we bash another team to death.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. you're not going to scrap and out hustle people with Adam Dunn and Carlos Quentin and Paul Canerco. You're going to have to hit the ball over the fence in order to beat people.
1: No question about it. By the way, speaking of Aussie and Big Doll, we continue to say, uh, is it more than coincidence we say things? We put our opinions out here, and a lot of teams react to it. I think more people – are listening to our show that are willing to admit it but the Oziegian takes our advice he will go at least temporarily the next 20 days with a six man rotation Phil, Jake Umper?
0: Peavy should be their closer Ooh I don't know about that Coach they don't need a six man rotation and uh-huh. we talked about it and we knew that that's what they're going to do and well, we thought that was the other option is it is to take one of those pitchers and make them the closer of the ball club because they don't really have a closer, even though Sergio Santos could be that
1: guy. That, that's the problem with, with your statement there, and David Olsen giving you a thumbs up on that. I don't know if I can agree. First of all, Jake Peavy is never close. Who knows? And he had, wasn't that effective as a starter the last you know year, year and a half battling injuries. So you don't want to put him in a closing situation right now where he could cost him game. And then number two, Sergio Santos. Now, it's not proven yet, but uh, what the heck, for the last month of the Major League Baseball, so he's been the best closer, best reliever in all of baseball. So, you know, why take him out of that spot? So I would completely disagree right now, anyways, we're putting Peavy in as the closer for those two reasons.
0: No, only for the one reason, Coach, and that Sergio Santos has been good. That's the, uh, you think, just because you tell me that uh, Jake Peavy hasn't done it or anything. I, sometimes I think when you're coming up an arm surgery or uh, – latissimus dorsi uh, ripped from the bone. now Okay. You, uh, people throw in two to three innings a week that are extremely important, but when you're only throwing 15 pitches and then you're done, you're less likely to get hurt as opposed to every fifth day going out there throwing throwing 100 pitches where, you know, all of a sudden around pitch 50, pitch 60, your body's extremely tired, and you're more likely to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I, 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 right, okay, maybe not the closer. Maybe not the closer, but – they need relief help, and if you want to put Sergio Santos in inning number nine, trust me, inning number eight is only a little bit less important than inning number nine because you can lose the game in the eighth inning just as quick as the ninth inning coach. All right. So All right. Uh, right now, I, I think you almost work PB back out of the bullpen. Okay. Uh, we, cause we... You can't take Phil Umber out of the rotation. No, you can't take Jank or Floyd and, and the Burley and Jackson thing. I can understand how you don't want to take either of them out because you you expect that they're going to be a lot better than they pitched so far this season.
1: You you can, I don't think you can take any of the White Sox starters out right now. None of them have been, including Johnny Danks, who's probably been the second best overall, most consistent pitcher next to Phil Umber. I guess Burley's been okay too, but that's why I think you got to stick with the put Jake Peavy in, let him pitch, you know, four, five, six innings. You got to rest the bullpen, let them go the rest of rest of the way by the way we got an email from uh lou from lun avenue oh lou and come he on. he wants to know where is the latissimus dorsi he says he does not want his latissimus dorsi to tear please ask joe how you can exercise your and my latissimus dorsi uh,
0: stretch coach stretch what okay well, what i want everybody to do is stand up
1: because i think what lou is asking is uh, who and or what is
0: I want okay. everybody to stand up. It's, yep. it's, on the, it's on your back. It's basically your yes. last, Coach.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm just answering the question for Lun Avenue.
0: Take your head and stand as straight as possible and stretch your body out and try to have your head hit the ceiling as you're standing up. That will mm-hmm. make you as tall as possible. Okay. And then take your fingers and take your hands and put them to your side and spread them all the way apart and try wow. to get as far apart as, as possible. So try to get your middle fingers as far apart as you possibly can. So now you're taking up as mm-hmm. much space. David, okay, now, now, the, the, now way, the way the way Joel
1: describing this so far, we're going to get an email from Cinemax Cindy in about ten seconds.
0: No, I want everybody to bend over. Take it easy. Take it easy. Are we now? Stre- done.
1: now that's the stretch, but there's no way of strengthening
0: the, lat- well, co- well, the 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 best way a longer muscle is a stronger muscle.
1: Coach. Okay. Okay. How about okay. rowing a uh, kayak? I would bet that helps the latissimus.
0: I gotta tell you something. I'm gonna be so jacked by the end of this summer. It's not even funny. I'm gonna be dripping muscle. Okay.
1: So. All right. Big Dog, great stuff today. We'll uh, join you tomorrow. We'll talk about the couple NBA playoff games today and uh, hopefully some scintillating baseball action as well. Go Cub, go Sox. Have a great day. Stay out of trouble, okay, my friend?
0: I shall spend the rest of the move There it is. Yep. Big Dog will
1: be watching the replay of the Bulls game. David Olson, thank you so much, producer extraordinary. Great job. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com. We're signing off. We'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.